Welcome, everyone. This is the Council of Institutional Investors Educational Podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm here today with Shiva Rajkapal, the Roy Bernard Tester and T.W. Burns Professor at Columbia Business School at Columbia University. Professor Rajkapal is one of the co-authors of a recent research paper entitled, Does ESG Negative Screening Work? Welcome back, Professor Rajkapal. Thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you so much, Jeff, for having me again. Professor, your new research paper examines whether negative screening by institutional investors has the intended effect of hurting the excluded companies. So before we discuss your research findings, can you explain to our listeners what do you mean by negative screening? And more specifically, what is ESG, negative screening of SIN stocks? Who does it and why do they do it? So the easiest way to actually hold stocks that reflect your quote-unquote values is to exclude holding stocks in a few industries, such as uh, oil and gas off late, but traditionally tobacco, guns, weapons manufacturers, occasionally nuclear power companies, etc. As opposed to, say, rating companies based on ESG ratings and trying to figure out what's good, what's bad. And I think we've kind of discussed this before as well in a different program. ESG ratings are a noodle soup, as far as I can tell. So negative screening is pretty popular because it's easy to verify. It's simple. Computers can execute on it. People understand what you're doing. So that's what we mean by ESG negative screening. So, Professor, hypothetical. I'm an institutional investor who wants to cause economic harm to the oil and gas industry because I'm concerned about the industry's contribution to climate change risk. So based on your research, does it make sense for me to exclude oil and gas companies from my fund? No. If you're an equity investor, absolutely not, because equity markets are deep, very liquid, if you dump the stock, somebody else is going to pick up the stock. And just as a debating point, note the emergence of the so-called anti-woke funds like Strive, which Vivek Ramaswamy is running. And his whole pitch is to buy oil and effectively short technology, broadly defined. So having said that, we do find an impact on cost of debt. So it turns out that the cost of new debt, especially for oil and gas firms, is a little higher after controlling for everything else. So that's interesting. So I think if institutions want to have an impact, the debt market is probably more effective than the equity market. Professor, your study included an analysis of shareholder proposals submitted at SinStock Company. So what were your findings and conclusions with respect to shareholder proposals at those companies? Yeah, so that's something we, you know, thought that we should look at at the end. It's not the central part of the paper, but it's kind of surprising that the number of shareholder proposals is actually higher with these SIN stocks. And the number of shareholder proposals that actually pass is also marginally higher compared to a control sample. What does that mean is, of course, open to discussion and debate. Is it more virtue signaling by some of these gadfly institutional investors? Does it really reform the company or does it keep putting pressure on the company to become a little less of a sinner is somewhat hard to figure out. But at least I think it points to the value of engagement, which is the, the bigger point of our paper. Exclusion economically doesn't really seem to work. 
despite the man-on-the-street hypothesis that somehow exclusion hurts these companies. It really doesn't. So divestment is probably not the way to go. If you really want to quote-unquote hurt them, it's probably the debt market and it's probably persuasion through engagement. And even from a macro standpoint, Jeff, I wonder, you know, we can tax our U.S. and Western oil majors to death. But then, you know, unless we give customers some kind of alternative to oil, there'll be demand for oil. And, you know, who's going to produce the oil? It's basically the the, the state-owned enterprises in countries that are perhaps not friendly to us, who are beyond the reach of the ESG movement. So common sense and some, you know, empirical evidence suggests that engagement is far, far better than divestment. Professor, final question. It was recently reported that one of your paper's co-authors, Professor Robert Eccles, indicated that he believes the term ESG no longer has value and should be shelved and replaced. What's your view? Should we shelve and replace the term ESG? You know, I mean, I have some sympathy for that view because, uh, as you know, it, it's gotten saddled with enormous political baggage, the term ENSNG. And if you go back and reflect on the history of ENSNG, it came out of a UN committee as expected, right? I mean, why would you throw in environment, social, and governance in the same part and mix it is, is, is arguably questionable. Conceptually, the E and the S and the G are strange bedfellows. But having said that, I think the brand has become so big, practically speaking, it's going to be hard to get rid of it. Yes, it's a polarizing term, but you know, let's say we replace this with something else sustainability or long-termism, that term will also get polarized, you know. So the, the fundamental problem is this bizarre divide that we have in the country, politically speaking. And these terms are arguably just one small manifestation of that larger divide. I have some sympathy with Bob, what Bob is saying, but I don't think it's practical, to be honest. That concludes our podcast episode. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to again thank my special guest, Shiva Rajkapal, the Roy Bernard Kester, and E.W. Burns Professor at Columbia Business School at Columbia University. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, that's J-E-F-F, at C-I-I dot O-R-T. Until next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.